Have you always dreamed of creating your own beauty products or building your own beauty brand? Welcome to Beauty Business School, the podcast devoted to empowering beauty entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Doreen Block. Join me as we talk with industry insiders, beauty founders, and more to provide you with knowledge and resources for launching your own beauty brand. Enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome back to Beauty Business School. I am here with Sarah Happ, founder of Sarah Happ. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. I am so happy to be here today. Thank you so much. We are so excited to hear all about your founding story and advice that you have for beauty entrepreneurs. And so I really want to start off very open-ended. Tell us about your incredible startup story. Um, Oh, boy. So yeah, we, I was a true startup in the sense that I created my product, the lip scrub from my kitchen only because none existed. So this was um, 14 years ago and I Googled the term lip scrub, dying for something to scrub my lips with because I had a face scrub, a hand scrub, a body scrub, a foot scrub. I did not have a scrub for my lips. And I'm a beauty editor lover, and I kept reading my favorite editors writing to exfoliate your lips with a toothbrush. And I was like, wait a minute, how is there not a scrub for that? So when Google returned no results, um, I, and you know, Nordstrom returned nothing, I was like, okay, I can make this in my kitchen. Like, I'm no chemist, but I think I can make this in my kitchen. I know what I want it to do, and I know what I want this lip scrub to taste like and feel like, and if it doesn't exist, I'm going to make it. Absolutely amazing. So starting out with that need of your own, and how did it go from solving your own need to then saying, oh, I want to sell this, I want to, you know, open this up to other people too? Yeah, so I think that, a lot of entrepreneurs get this feeling that when something doesn't exist, you kind of have this feeling in your gut that like you're onto something, like you're sitting on like a pile of gold. And when you really can't believe it, it doesn't exist. Like I could not believe a lip scrub doesn't exist. To me, it was so obvious. And that feeling led me to think that I needed to take it to the marketplace. Like there was a hole in the market and I wanted to fill it. As opposed to like creating something that you really like and you use, but you know you could buy it anywhere. This was like a fire in my belly, unlike anything I had ever felt during. Like I was just like, I want the lip scrub to be in everyone's, on everyone's nightstand and everyone's vanity because I'm obsessed with it. And there are girls like me out there and men that are like me. So the lip scrub should be everywhere. Brilliant. And so at what point did you begin to scale it out? Because I imagine at a certain point, you can't just be in your kitchen making the product. You have to take it potentially to a lab or a manufacturer. How quickly did that process happen? Yeah, that was a very, I love that question because that's kind of something people don't really know. Like, how do you go from your kitchen to Nordstrom, right? Um, So For me, it was a long time coming, and the word that I heard more than anything was no, or what are you talking about? So I began, I was making the product in my kitchen, and I was selling it to five amazing indie boutiques, female-owned indie boutiques in Los Angeles, Um, and, you know, just making it and shipping it, making it and shipping it. But, um, and it's this, 
the time for a good year, I was talking to manufacturers up and down the East Coast. So like New Jersey and New York and um, all over the place and asking them to please make a lip scrub with me. And they had no idea what I was talking about. They were like, what is a lip scrub? And I was like, exactly. And they were like, we'll make you a lip gloss. We'll make you a lipstick. And they, everyone said no. And they also said things like, we make products for MAC and Estee Lauder and L'Oreal. And if they haven't asked for it, why are, you know, there probably isn't a need. And I was like, exactly. If they haven't asked for it, let's do it together. And they all thought I was crazy. And so I heard no a lot. And then I finally found a lab in New Jersey who was like, we'll take a chance on you. You're just crazy enough and you're just into this enough. And uh, we believe you. So the problem was, though, Doreen, they didn't have the machinery. Like, the, because the, like, the product didn't exist, down to the fact that they didn't even have machinery to make a lip scrub. Like, I was breaking what's called a piston. I was breaking oh. their pistons left and right. I was breaking their machines left and right. And I was like, I am so sorry. That must be so expensive for you. Um, and they were like, woman, just get us a very large purchase order as soon as you can and we'll forgive you. So finally they found out how to make it, right? Because I was making it in a KitchenAid mixer at my house. Okay. With, like mixing bowls and spatulas and sugar I was buying at Whole Foods. And so now think of making it like from... 10 pounds up to like, uh, you know, 4,000 pounds. That's what they were doing. And they finally found out how to make it. And the tipping point for me, taking it from my kitchen to the lab in New Jersey was a placement in People Magazine in 2006 that a lovely actress named Reese Witherspoon allowed me to use her name because she was a big fan. Yeah, the Reese Witherspoon allowed me yeah allowed me to use her name people magazine ran like a half page story on it um and what was pictured in the article was like my homemade boxes and my homemade jars which was such a trip i was like oh my god i made those by hand and instantly overnight my website blew up it crashed we crashed our host server like that's how much traffic we got um and so, and this was 2006, so this was before Instagram, mm-hmm. before any real social media that was, you know, a, a lot. And, and so, like, a placement in People magazine was all you needed. And right. that was when I called the lab in New Jersey, and I said, please turn it on. I need thousands and thousands and thousands of these. Amazing. Absolutely yeah, amazing. it was crazy. It was crazy. And, yeah. So that's incredible hearing about that moment. And by the way, shout out to People Magazine because they have brought partially a lot of great press too in the past where like almost crashed our servers. So good for them for being yeah. able to move product. Um, and yeah. I have to say too that I remember the first time I saw your products and it was in 2011 or so. And what stuck yeah. out to me was your gorgeous packaging. And so about that process I mean did, did you know that packaging was going to be important to the product or how did you think about that aspect of um, really putting the finishing touches on on your lip scrubs sure so um I think I love how Poshly features like you know brands that are very like 
niche and special and interesting. I knew that no one knew what a lip scrub was, so they would have to buy the product based on the packaging. Like they'd have to walk into a store and say, I don't know what a lip scrub is, but that box is so cute that I'm going to buy it as a gift or I'm going to buy it for myself. Yeah. So I spent actually like more time and I mean, just so much time getting the packaging right because I knew that no one knew what I was selling because it didn't exist. So like you got to package it to the point where people literally want to buy it for the box. And that's what I did. That is so smart. True marketer right there. (laughs) Thanks. Well, and also I didn't have a marketing budget, right? So there was no marketing budget. I was doing this like bootstrap. I didn't have investors. I didn't have, you know, there were no, I was totally bootstrapping this myself on my own savings. Um, So there was no marketing budget. So the, the product itself, the packaging was my marketing. Yes, that's so smart. And it's such an important takeaway for anyone listening. Your packaging is such a critical part of the customer experience. And I think people know that more than ever, especially in the Instagram age, but it's so wonderful to hear how you were thinking about that so early on. And so at what point did you go from the boutiques and then um, the website crashing with the People Magazine feature with Reese Witherspoon and then to, you know, now being on QVC? At what point did QVC happen? Are you in other retailers? I'd love to hear your advice about the retailer piece. For sure. Um, So the first entrepreneur to really believe in me was Marla Beck, the founder of and CEO of Blue Mercury. Ah. And Blue Mercury, if you're familiar with it, um, they are a Washington DC based beauty apothecary like no other. Their stores are like museum quality and Marla personally handpicks every single product, every brand, but then every product from the brand, she tests herself and puts it in her stores. So at the time, um, I, I'm, I'm blanking on the year, it was pretty early on, Marla got my lip slip and Blue Mercury reached out and said, Marla loves your brand. Can we bring it in? And I was like, are you kidding me? I love her. Um, because she's in like ink and fast company. And I was like, I know exactly who you are. I know exactly what your stores are. And I think they were in like 20 locations when I launched with them, maybe in like 2009 or 2010. And now they have over a hundred doors across the country and they're just I mean there's one I live in Manhattan Beach there's one two minutes from my house they're everywhere and um Marla brought Marla really brought the attention to me as like a female founder and she has been so helpful to me she dropped our name and our product in every interview that she did and she was like listen and this was before like female founders were cool you know this was like (laughs) nine years ago. And Marla was like, listen, I'm going to help you because women have helped me and I believe in what you're doing. And I love an indie and you make amazing products. So you're going to sit right next to La Mer on my shelves. And that was just, wow. she was an incredible believer. And then, you know, being in Blue Mercury got the attention of Nordstrom. And there's a buyer there who was there in 2012. She's still there. Her name is CC King. And she believed in us too. And then we got into Nordstrom. Um, 
which is just giant, you know, so big. So that was in 2000, like, you know, 2009, 2012. And those were kind of like stepping stones for me. Um, And it was women each time that believed in me. It was, you know, they, they had to go in and like, Cece had to fight for me um, Mm -hmm. at Nordstrom because they were like, why do we need another brand? And she's like, you need this brand. And it was amazing. So um, then QVC has been like the craziest thing ever, like QVC. I was not a QVC viewer before QVC called. I was like, don't they just sell vacuums? And then I began tuning in and QVC's beauty game is so strong. They have Sasha, they have Dry Bar, they have Urban Decay, they have Philosophy, they have Josie Marin. And I realized, oh my gosh, all my favorite brands, all my favorite beauty brands are on QVC. I don't really want to buy a vacuum, but I want to buy Tatcha, you know? So that happened two years ago. And the first time I got on air, I had eight minutes um, with an amazing host named Sean Killinger, who's like an amazing woman. And she just, made the sell so easy and I sold out and I screamed on air and I actually swore which I was shaking and screaming and I said holy s and they had to believe it and I was like oh my gosh Sean they're never gonna have me back and she's like they will they will and so we guess you know we sell out when we go on and it's so Mm -hmm. fun and I can't even believe I don't even know how many people watch QVC but it's a lot and um, they've been a great platform for us in terms of getting us in front of a lot of eyes that we wouldn't otherwise reach. And their beauty game, if you go on qvc.com, you're going to see your favorite brands and you're going to see exclusives for your favorite brands and bundles for your favorite brands. But like, I can't even do for sarahap.com. So it's pretty cool. And they've been so fun. And I think what's so neat as well is that, as you were saying from the very early days, that you invented a new category and QVC having a platform to teach and to share the stories of the entrepreneurs. That's one thing that I love about QVC is that it's not just here's the product. It comes with the storytelling, which seems so powerful. Thank you. I agree with you. And QVC is um, one of our most powerful tools, I think, for the lip scrub or for our, you know, our lip, our nighttime mask, our dream slip is the before and after. And QVC nails the before and after for us. So I get to scrub, you know, lips on air and you can see someone's lips go from a dull gray color to like a bright pink right after they scrub. And that's when like, the sales just light up and the producer says in my ear, in my ear, like sales, sales, we're watching a spike. We're watching a spike because you see the before and after. And yeah, QVC is a powerful teacher for an audience. Um, So yes, they are just killer. Love them. And um, just to go back for a moment to Nordstrom or to Blue Mercury, walk me through what is that process and that moment of getting that first order? I mean, what can an entrepreneur expect when they have the attention of a buyer and, uh, you know, they're getting that first email or that first notification that, that an order is coming. Yeah. My best advice to an entrepreneur who gets a call from one of the big guys is 
you have to be very honest with them about what you're able to do. Okay. So they may think you're a lot bigger than you are. I mean, like, I think Marla saw me in Allure and thought that I was so much bigger. And I was like, no, Marla, I'm like legitimately calling. We're talking from my home office in LA, you know? Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh my gosh, that's so awesome. And, um, you know, so I was really honest that like, I can't fill an order for 500,000 units, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I needed the deal to work for me as well. Cause the, the last thing you want to do is get in over your head and promise them the world and say, let's launch in every door um, and then not be able to fill it because of just your own capacity. So I think it's really important to be very honest and upfront because these are your retail partners. You don't just want to get into Nordstrom and then blow it because you sell out and you can't refill their order quick enough. Um, So it's like, I think an entrepreneur that gets a call from one of the biggies it's exciting. It's so exciting and most definitely scream your head off when you're off the phone with them, but be very sober about it and tell them, listen, here's what I can do and ask them what they think they can do. Like how much of me do you want to sell? And we do things a lot where we will test in 10 doors and 20 doors. We launched with Ulta in December, which was thrilling to me because I, freaking love Ulta as a consumer, the way they go like low and high and high and low. Um, But we launched online first for a month because we wanted to make sure it worked for both of us. And like, you know, we've been around for 14 years, but I still want to be cautious. So for QBs or for Ulta, we, we launched online for a month. Our sales apparently like crushed it. And then we knew that we had a really strong base with them as opposed to launching in stores and realizing it wasn't a good fit. So we launched in stores in January and, you know, but we knew we had crushed it already with their audience. So it was a matter of, first of all, reading the document that they send you. Don't sign anything unless you know that you can do it really, really read the documents and have smarter minds read the documents because they matter and they're binding. Um, and these big companies have to play by those rules. So don't get so excited and overpromise and not read and sign on the dotted line. That's tempting, but you have to be really, really um, careful and be a good partner to them and they'll be a good partner to you. Yeah, I think that's such important advice. And in your view, and especially given that you've worked with different types of retailers, is there a magic number of, um, you know, if you are doing that leap from you've created the formula, maybe you're working with a lab, um, is there a magic number to start with in terms of uh, guaranteeing a certain order size? Ooh, it depends on your, I I think that a magic number depends on your cash flow and it depends on what, what you can support. So like I, I had never taken um, investors. So everything that I was doing was based on my actual cash flow. So we would do a lot of spreadsheets. We'd run a lot of numbers and we'd say, this is how much we can produce. We'll give you a PO this size. Do you think you can sell it? And we'd agree. It was more, it's like a relationship. Like you need to look at your retail partners as true partners and as a relationship. And if you do that, 
that's how you that's how you stay with them for a decade you know um and you have to be really open with each other about what you think you can do and what they can do together so such good advice and and that's how you know you you've been doing this for over a decade and crushing it and that's how you do it it's all about keeping that open dialogue yeah i think people get excited and they want to promise the world and they want to tell you they can do everything but don't it's okay to say i'm indie and this is what i can do and they'll work with you you know and, and i think you, and, you've probably opened the doors on that too in the sense that and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like retailers are more open to that than ever before, than, for example, you know, back 10 years ago. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that this is where, like, the power of indie brands and the power of female-founded brands, yes. they really put a lot of faith in that because they know that, like, indie brands are just thinking differently. So Ulta will bring in an indie. Mm -hmm. um, Nordstrom will bring in an indie. QVC will put an indie on because they, they know that you're just thinking if you're bold enough to be an entrepreneur, you've probably got an idea that's pretty cool and they're open to giving you a platform and giving it a chance, which is really incredible. And I also think that in like today's day and age, being a female founded company is also very powerful because I'm, I just left, I'm in LA right now, and I just left my friend Sarah Gibson Tuttle's um, launch. She is, she owns the store, uh, the nail salon Olive in Tune, and she started it with, she came from New York City, and she started it with the idea that nail salons are gross, and <laughs> why are they gross? And there should be a dry bar of nail salons. Yes. So she, as a female founder, reached out to a girl named Allie Webb, who founded Dry Bar, and said, hey, why is there Dry Bar for nails? And Allie was like, I'm going to help. And they banded together. And today, they're two of my closest friends. And I just left her salon where they just launched with Target. Essie and Olive and June are going to be in Target. Yeah. So like, and Sarah truly is. She's still an indie, you know. Um, but Target was like, we want you. Target, you know, so it's one of those things where I think being female founded is is really powerful today more than ever because it's sort of this like nice girls club where you just have to be kind and love each other and support each other and Target value that. And I have to say too, I, I want to echo that the beauty industry in my experience is very data driven, very analytical, but also so creative and so um I, I think people are so willing to help and to connect. It's yeah. a very small industry in that way. Yeah. Yeah. You can just reach out to folks and they're very open to, to talking and collaborating. And I think that's so beautiful and something that I um, try to remind people as well, that if there is something that they need help with or that they just have an idea, if they think a collaboration could be interesting, just reach out. The yeah. worst thing is no, but oftentimes it'll be a yes. I completely agree. And that has changed dramatically from 14 years ago. 14 years ago, there were not as many female founded brands. You had like Tarte by Maureen Kelly. You had Laura Geller by Laura Geller. You had Josie, or you had, you know, Mally Beauty. Um, but 
you had, you know, you had, there weren't as many female founded brands. And someone asked me recently, I was on a panel and they said, um, do you think the beauty industry is kind? And I said, gosh, like, I feel so lucky to work in beauty because there are so many female founded brands. And it's like 14 years ago, I heard no all the time from these giant corporations. And now there are all these brands that were thought up in someone's living room and came to life. And when you have that entrepreneurial spirit and you've been through it, you just help each other and you get on board. And yes, I totally agree with you. Reach out to people if you're genuinely a fan of what they do and ask them a question and like probably they'll respond, you know? Um, and I think it is, I think it's such a collaborative industry. My experience too, it's so small. Everyone knows everyone, you know, like, I don't care if you're talking about Urban Decay or you're talking about Tata Harper or you're talking about a real tiny indie. Everyone knows everyone. So you have to be kind to each other or word gets out, you know, right. and you don't know. Mean Girl Days are done. We left those in junior high. Yes. So speaking yeah. about the, the target market and the consumer, I want to hear more about yeah. that what's been so exciting is that you've established this category of course now there's other players too who are in lip scrubs how has this evolved in terms of how you're thinking about the consumer and then what you're bringing to the consumer because I know you've come out with so many new and exciting products too thank you for that um yeah so we're constantly looking Sarah have like we are the lip experts it's all we do that's the only thing we do um, we're never going to do anything else. We're going to focus on making your lips perfect and solving every lip problem we've ever heard in 14 years. Um, so for us, that means two things. That means filling holes in the market still, which the beauty market is so flooded, right? Like you can't even imagine that there are still things that don't exist, but there are. Like right now, we're the only clay lip mask on the market. That's crazy. We're the only true night cream for your lips that mimics a night cream for your face that tastes good. So we're constantly, we have two kind of platforms, I would say. Um, we have skincare for your lips, like let's treat your lips with the same care that you treat your eyes and your skin and your neck and your body and your face, you know, like let's give them love. Don't just slather something weird on. Um, and then we also have let's the idea that a lot of this is kind of like I don't like being negative, but there is a well-known like dirty little secret in the beauty industry that like lip products are made to dehydrate. So mm -hmm. if you ask any cosmetic chemist if you're addicted to your lip balm, they'll say yes because it's no different than drinking Coca-Cola; it dehydrates you. So that was a question that I asked my chemist in 2005. I said, wait a minute, am I right in thinking that I'm addicted to my lip balm? And she was like, of course you are. Um, because it has these alcohols and waxes and yeah, you need more and the more you use, the more you need. So most lip products to this day are designed to dehydrate. And I said, what if we did the opposite? Mm -hmm. And she said, I'd get to use my chemistry degree. <laughs> so the other thing, <laughs> like game on sister, so the other thing we do, in addition to like filling holes in the market and solving lip problems, 
Mm -hmm. um, like, you know, scrub your lips, that gets rid of flakes. Use the lip flip. It's going to be a hydrator that stays on all day. Use a night cream. You're going to wake up with a baby smooth pout. Um, use a clay lip mask to restore your lips. Same way you use a clay lip mask for your face. We also just better what's already out there. So we do make colored lip glosses. Um, we make a few products that are coming out this year that I can't talk about, but they do exist in the marketplace. But what we did was change the chemistry so that they don't dehydrate, mm -hmm. which to me is so obvious. I'm like, why would we, and they taste good. A lot of lip products taste bad and we're all just used to it. Um, but our products always hydrate, they always taste good, and most importantly, the effects are always immediate. Like, I have no patience for, like, try this for six weeks. You lost me. Like, I'm not that patient. A lot of people are patient. I'm not. So we work immediately. We hydrate. We do what we say we're going to do every time. And, you know, you can buy our pink lip gloss and know that our pink lip is going to stay on all day. That is amazing. And so if Yeah, so I'd say that, yeah, that's kind of, like, so that was a long way of saying we sort of have two goals in the company, to innovate on skincare and then to better what's out there. And when you think about the whole product line, can you pick among all the products which one you're most proud of, or is that an impossible question? I know, Doreen. I love, okay, so you guys who are listening, you beautiful people, Doreen and I were talking before we started about our children. We both have, yes. Doreen has a 15 month old and I have a five year old. And like, you just feel like you can't say that like that human is your favorite, right? Like right. if you had another child, like you could never say you have a favorite. And I kind of feel that way about my products, but if I'm being completely honest, the yeah. product, I'm, I'm very proud of the lip scrub because she has lived for 14 years and Chapstick just put out a lip scrub, and very spendy brands have put out lip scrubs, but I know ours is the best, and I'm really proud of that. But I think the coolest product we put out, and what is just taking off like insanity, is our Dream Slip. It's our night cream for your lips, and the chemistry behind it, we took the best eye creams, we took the best products from this trade show in Germany, um, Lip filling lipids, hyaluronic filling spheres. Oh, fat. yeah, fats and hyaluronic acid for your lips that just creates this cushiony, pillowy effect that's unlike anything out there. And we launched it as like night cream for your lips. But what I hear from everyone, from beauty editors in New York to awesome podcasters like you, is I wear it during the day because it's that good. Like, I can't get enough. So that's the product that I just think, like, I know the chemistry behind it is so killer. Like, the Dream Slip is just so rich and delicious and killer. And um, I'm watching the marketplace respond to it like they've exceeded every sales expectation we had. And New Beauty just named it its best night treatment, which is pretty cool considering, you know, there are very large brands that, like, have, you know, quote, like, night treatments for your lips. So that's the one that I'm just kind of like, oh, man, like, that's my kid that, you know, actually is a really good singer. <laughs> you know? And so if and now comparing it to kids, because we were also just saying that sometimes and in particular for me with my baby who still doesn't consistently sleep through the night, 
it, which yes. product has been your most challenging? Oh, that's such a good question, Doreen. Oh my gosh, only a mom can ask that question. Uh, so we put out a painless plumper last year. A painless plumper, it's called um, the Lip Airbrush, and lumps your lipids, and it gives you this airbrushed effect, almost like pretty filter um, on Instagram for your lips. So it airbrushes them, and it plumps them, but without any pain. So the challenge with that, and I would say the, the challenge for any entrepreneur being first to market with something, it's a blessing in that you're first to market, right? And you might get really great press and people are excited, but you have to educate the heck out of people because they're just like, what is this? What is it? Getting your messaging across. And my publicist, Elise and I, who I love, um, we were in New York with beauty editors doing what's called desk size. So if you launch a product, you usually go meet with press and you show them your product and you explain it. Products a day, like their desks in Manhattan are literally stacked with like gigantic packages from every brand, right? Right. They all put the product on and we're like, when is it gonna sting? And we were like, it's never going to sting. That's the point. We're nice. We're nice people. <laughs> you know, like, we're kind. And we want lip products. Yeah, like, we want lip products that are almost like putting on a pair of, like, stilettos and being like, why don't they hurt? Am I tall enough? And it is a product that we really do have to educate on. And once people get it, that it's a plumping, a painless plumper, um, they love it. But before that, they're waiting for it to sting. But I would never sting you. I'm really nice. I don't want to be stung. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Only, only kind products from Sarah. Only kind. Like, let's be nice to each other. Let's be nice to your lips. Yes. But that is. And Sarah, sorry, you're cutting out a little bit. What did you just say? Oh, I said that, like, the lip airbrush are painted has been my problem child because okay. I was just trying to get the messaging across yes right right I think because we only focus on lips and our yeah. chemists only focus on lips and all we do is think about lips a company that focuses on skincare maybe doesn't think of those details you mm -hmm. know um, or if they focus on color and skincare and hair care and they might not think down to every single detail but in our company we really try our team really tries to think of every single second that you're going to interact with our product if you're interacting with a sarah hat product we want you to be in love with it from the minute you walk into qbc to walk into nordstrom or buy it off of qbc or one of our indie boutiques we want you to love it so much the minute you pick it up and we want you to love the way the jar unscrews and we want you to love the way it feels and tastes and smells and we want you to love it the next day. And we want you to love it so much that you like gift it to your friends and your family and your bridesmaids. And mm -hmm. we want you to love it like from every single step. And that's where I think being like the lip expert, it, that's all we think about. So yeah, it, it will taste good, which people are used to things that don't taste good around their lips. And that's crazy to me. Yeah, especially since I think the stat is that you end up ingesting like 90% of whatever's on your lips, even if it's like a long wear lip product. Um, exactly. So like during you're literally eating it. Like it's on your lips. You are eating it. Yes, you are. <laughs> In here, we 
your skin for sure and it gets under your bloodstream but like your lips you are licking it so it better right. taste good and it better have oils that are good for your body right. um, yeah so the first thing we actually do in our office it's funny we all if you come into one of our product development meetings the first thing we do we all open the tube or the jar or the vial and we eat it that's what we do <laughs> like it's not even and someone pointed it out we had someone in the office who's not part of our company and they saw us all do that, and we just did it out of habit. We all just picked out, you know, whatever it was. We scooped it out. We ate it. And they were like, what? That and is like, oh, no. We eat it first because it has to taste good. <laughs> and to us, that's just second nature. Of course you eat it first. You know? Eat it. Um, Lick it. Smell it. Taste it. Yeah. That's true, true, true dedication to the product and the product development process. And I want to ask you, by the way, mentors and, and uh, pieces of advice, but I also want to take a moment to talk a little bit about the labs and your experience with that. Um, specifically, do you, you mentioned working with different labs. Do you ever send out product development um, requests to multiple labs and kind of see different possible formulation options, or do you tend to prefer to work with one lab and kind of go deep with a particular chemist or product developer? What's been your experience with that, or does it depend on the product? Yeah, so we we are very big on loyalty and trust. Um, there is the beauty industry, I would say, the only one of the things that you need to be careful in, and I'm sure this is true in any entrepreneurial industry, you have to protect your ideas. Mm -hmm. So you're giving, you're, you're giving, you can sign a non-disclosure agreement, you can, people can give you their word, but you really have to trust that when you hand over your baby, basically, right, yeah. like your product baby, that they're not just going to take it and knock it off. And that does happen in beauty. That's why you see, you know, Chapstick and Burtsby's and, you know, a bunch of different brands all putting out a lip scrub within one month of each other. Uh, That's how that happens. So it's tough. Point. And what, you, what we do is we work with a lab here in L.A. and a lab up, um, in Idaho. And we've been their partners for years. So it's one of those things where you, we really trust them so much with these formulas. And we own the formulas also. That's important. You have to be able to own your formulas. And that's kind of like, that's why, no, I don't just send out our products to different labs. And also with our chemists, they are so clear on our lip focus and yeah. how focused we are on putting out only the best ingredients. Um, so I'll run something by them and I'll say, what do you guys think of this oil? I'm reading a lot about it. And they'll say, it's amazing for you. Or they'll say, you know what? We don't love it the way beauty editors love it. Here's why. And that's really helpful. So it's a, it's a big trust issue. And I would say, if you're an entrepreneur, protect your idea to the best of your ability, whether it's trademarking it, patenting it, having everyone you talk to sign a non-disclosure agreement and then looking people in the eye and just knowing whether or not they're going to protect you. Mm -hmm. That intuition is so important. Big deal. Yeah. Follow your intuition. If you think for a second that someone is looking to take advantage of you or, right. you know, might not be honest, like run screaming, trust your gut. Yeah. Hard stop and, and U-turn. Yeah. And so. Hard stop. Yep. Do you have mentors? I mean, you are such a mentor, but I wanted to know, and I think a lot of people on the, on the, um, in the podcast audience want to know, do you have mentors and what have you learned from them? What's the best piece of advice that you can pass along to other beauty entrepreneurs? 
Yeah, so my mentors are, I think my biggest piece of advice for any entrepreneur is to find mentors. Find people that are smarter than you are or that are smarter in ways that you're not, that can fill your holes. And find people who this isn't their first rodeo um, and reach out vulnerably and look for people that want to help. And I think that that's, the, that's like one of the coolest, smartest things anyone can do. Don't just think I can do this all myself or I went to business school. I actually didn't go to business school. I went to school for broadcast journalism at USC. Um, I don't have a chemistry degree, so I need people that do. And I ha my mentors have been so incredible for me. So Allie Webb is has become one of my closest friends, but she's the founder of Dry Bar and she has been a mentor for years. Mm -hmm. And she started as my mentor and then just became like my sister. But we have very similar philosophies on doing one thing and doing it well. Mm -hmm. And that's something that a lot of people don't like. A lot of people think, Allie, why don't you cut people's hair? You'd make so much more money. Or Sarah, why don't you put out body products? You'd make so much more money. And to us, we both think, no, I want to do the best. Her thing is, I'm going to give you the best blowout every time. And my thing is, I'm going to give you the best lip experience every time. I'm going to focus. And so she's been a real champion and cheerleader for me. Marla Beck, the founder of Blue Mercury, has taught me so much about ethically running a business and smartly running a business. Um, she is She's a real visionary in beauty and in business. And Marla Beck um, has been my champion for a long time. And then I think of just friends. Um, a woman named Jane Buckingham here in LA wrote a book called The Modern Girl's Guide to Life. And she has been just like a guiding force in um, marketing and how to capture an audience. And she's just been so generous with her time and with her expertise. Uh, there's a woman named Kelly Adderton, who's one of my advisors, and she was a longtime Allure editor. So she has seen all the products, she has tried all the products, she knows all the products. And so in terms of like running products by her and getting her real take on the marketplace, she's been gigantic um, for me. And she actually was the person who gave me the confidence to trademark the lip expert. Um, oh, down, yeah. Kelly and I sat down probably five years ago and she said, listen, you're the lip expert. And I was like, Kelly, I would never say that. And she's like, is Allure the beauty expert? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, okay, what does Allure do other stuff other than beauty? And I was like, no. And she said, do you focus on anything other than lips? And I was like, no. And she was like, uh, trademark the lip expert, sister. And I did. And it felt like sort of a jerky thing to do, like to call yourself that. But you are. You have put in your 10,000 hours. This is all you do. Um, so having people like that around you that really support you and love you and have nothing but your best interest at heart, mm -hmm. um, they, they don't have money involved. They don't have anything but the idea of like giving back. That's what those girls do for me. They all are just interested in giving back and sharing their experience. That is so incredible. And um, thank you for sharing that anecdote of, in a way, vulnerability of, wait, is that really me? Like holding a mirror, someone holding that mirror for you to say, you are the expert. You, you're the guru for this and um, must be kind of a pinch me moment, but you are the, the lip expert.
Yeah, and it's okay to own it. It's weird because I, you know, like it feels strange to say it, but then when you realize how much time and energy you put into something, I think it's okay to own your success or to own the amount of work you've put in, you know? And yeah, you do. Sometimes you need your girlfriends to say, hey, man, like, let me talk to you the way you need to be talked to. That's great. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. well, Sarah, we are so lucky to have your advice and perspective. Thank you for taking the time today. I've learned so much. Oh and I'm so thrilled to be connected. This was so much fun. And you asked such fun questions that really made me think. And I really appreciate it. And just you, you woke me up. You were a perfect cup of coffee for me. So thank you. I love the idea. Um, to anyone that's listening, you know, the idea of like a beauty business school, like, is just so cool to me because there is so much business behind beauty. We don't just sit around and like play with lip gloss. There's, you know, there's numbers and strategy and fail and, you know, all the stuff. So I love this idea. I'm so proud of you for thinking of it. I'm such a Poshly fan. And I think what you guys are onto is just phenomenal. It's really special. Thank you.